Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 32. Today we will be speaking with Julie Baker, who is the founder of Horses and Heroes, and they provide equine-assisted psychotherapy to military veterans and active members and their families, along with law enforcement and first responders and their families, and that's free at no charge. Uh, the work they're doing is fantastic. So the conversation's great. We learned a lot of stuff, and I hope you will too. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and here is episode number 32 of the Washdown Podcast with Julie Baker. It's just hey, you asked me to be here. I didn't volunteer. No, that's a total bald-faced lie. <clears throat> no, we sit on your couch. You go, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Why don't you help me? Or will you help me? Sure, I'll help you. And then I get bitched at every single week. I'm getting paid at least. I got so far I've gotten a free lunch out of it. That's because Moran bought it. That's just my revenue from the show. <laughs> See? So I still got nothing. <laughs> Sorry, bro. The show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you thought I gave the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> It all comes out in the wash, don't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Show sucks. Whatever. You suck. Moran's cool. She's awesome. But well, you suck. Yeah, she is awesome. Julie. I got this. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know me at all. Yeah. <laughs> She's, I don't need to. You're awesome. <laughs> Well, just just take the win, Julie. Just take the win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, thanks for coming by. Thanks for stopping by the show and talking with us today. We appreciate it. Um, why don't you tell us why you're here? All right. Well, thank you. Um, my name is Julie Baker, and I am the founder and executive director of Horses and Heroes, so we are an equine assisted psychotherapy program based out of Shawnee, Kansas. And, um, it's kind of a long, interesting story of how I, how I got here. But, um, the long short of it is, um, we provide no cost counseling for military and first responders and their families. See, I was right. She's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations. A would, you like clock to, is... would you like to be a normal host of our show? <laughs> you can have my spot. No, thank you. No. <laughs> if you want to go do what I do every day, then sure. So, Julie, tell us why why horses, why equine therapy? What, what brought that on? Sure. Um, like I said, it's kind of a long, drawn-out story, so I'll, I'll shorten it. Um, no, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. Don't shorten it. Don't yeah, shorten we it. have all kinds we, of time. Oh. I'm getting paid by the hour, so go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, back in 1964. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Um, <laughs> um, so I've loved horses my whole life. Um, in sixth grade, my mom announced that she had a horse for me, and I was showing another horse at that time, an Arabian, and um, was you know loving it in high school. Um, and so when she introduced me to this horse that she brought home. It was um, literally a skeleton with some skin stretched over the bones, and it was so terrified of people you couldn't even touch it. So I'm like, "Wow, okay, you know, twelve year old." No, thanks, ex- mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> 
best Christmas ever. <laughs> <laughs> like like the new car and walking out and finding the old station wagon. <laughs> I know, right? But, you know, I guess since I loved horses, I looked past all the, you know, perceived setbacks and I was like, okay, well, the first thing I need to get, I need to get this horse to trust me. How do I do that? Well, probably just kind of take my time. You know, one day if I can get one step closer, then that's probably progress. And so that's kind of my approach of how I did it. Um, And so this horse that I couldn't touch initially, eventually I could put my hand on it. And and then, you know, several months later, it would let me pet it. Um, And so it got to be over the years where I could do anything with it. And I was like, wow, that was really a cool experience. Um, I sold that horse when I left high school and moved on to college. So fast forward a lot of years, I didn't have horses because I was married to a Marine. And so we moved every six months, whether we needed to or not, you know, I had three kids. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so when we moved to, um, Kansas city, um, I came across another horse that I found in a newspaper and the newspaper ad was uh, herd disbursement, $200. Basically you come pick out whatever horse you want. So I showed up and this herd of horses, again, there were bones with skin and some mud attached. It's like, wow, these horses are pretty rough. So I'm looking across kind of the pasture area. I'm not really close to the horses at all. And I noticed this, um, this brown horse and it looked like it was, you know, confirmationally it had straight legs and had a nice little dish face like Arabians do. And I'm like, well, let me see that one over there. And so the lady brought her out and, um, she's like, well, she's probably pregnant. And I'm like, okay, you know, two for one. Cool. So, um, I famous last words, I know I, uh, showed up the next week with the trailer and you know, the guy was kind of just this old grumpy guy. And he's like, well, she's never going to get in that GD thing. And I'm like, well, okay, let's see. So I put the rope across her back and she like leaped into the trailer, like get me the hell out of here basically. Um, and so she wasn't physically beaten, I don't think, but, um, from the condition of her body, I mean, she had been neglected and starved for a very long time. So, um, I found myself in another experience of, okay, how do I rehabilitate this horse? And it was a little different approach. I could touch it. I could walk up to it. She didn't run away from me, but it was more of a, um, I don't trust you kind of a side eye. Like, what are you doing? Okay. I don't, I don't know if I like you, but I'll let you touch me. And, um, it just was a, it was a different experience. And I, I mentioned to, um, a friend of mine who's a counselor and I said, you know, the, the rehabilitation process was actually faster for the horse that had been physically beaten than the one that had been neglected. And she goes, well, it's like that with people too. I was like, wow, I did not know that. Um, so that's part of the story that got me thinking about the horse aspect. I was like, well, if horses will rehabilitate with the same things that we need, emotional safety, physical safety, time, trust, what if I could use horses to help people that are transitioning from the military? 
Because at this point in my life, we had um, gone from active duty and we were living here in Kansas City in a regular neighborhood in Johnson County. And um, I really felt the disconnect, you know, when you're living on base and you've got that that family and that camaraderie and the support of everybody. And then when you move somewhere else in the civilian world, you're like, kind of, where did everybody go? What, what happened? Um, and at this point, too, my two oldest daughters had served five years in the Marine Corps and they had gotten out. And um, their friends were also Marines. And so the other part of the story is um, how I came to really decide to really focus our mission on military. Um, my daughter and her husband, who both served in the Marine Corps, were living in Texas. And so I would go down there for all the kids' birthdays. And um, for one of the birthdays, we were literally in the middle of the birthday party. And my daughter came out and she was talking to her husband. She goes, you know, your friend and this friend he had served with in the Marine Corps and they went to high school together. She said, he's making some comments on Facebook that you need to see. You know, they're making me really uneasy. Um, So he was alluding to ending his life and um, he didn't want anybody to come find him. And so uh, my daughter's husband, like literally left the party, bought a plane ticket, flew to where he was, somehow found him and got him um, into some help right then and there. And so that weekend was very impactful because, you know, you talk about, you know, I have your six, I got your back. And then to actually watch it in action, I had never watched it played out. And so I left that weekend thinking, wow, you know, this is, this is, there's a lot to this. And I never really appreciated that part of it I think until I saw you know him leave his kids birthday party to go save his buddy and so um I think after that weekend I really started focusing on what do I want to do because I was in a corporate job you know I had all the bells and whistles of a corporate job hated life I was like (laughs) what am I doing high blood pressure (laughs) hair falling out you know the yeah 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 so um I was like well okay it's got to some it's got to do with horses I know that and we're going to rehabilitate traumatized horses I knew that part and I'm like we're going to help military but how in the world do I bring these two things together because I didn't know that it was already a thing and I'm sitting on my couch one day and I, I got this like nudging and I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And he's like, Google it. And I'm like, Google what? <laughs> what do I Google? Equine therapy. Okay. So I typed in equine therapy in my search engine and up popped EGALA, which is the Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. And they're a global entity and they train and certify um, mental health practitioners and qualified horse people to do this work. And, um, my business coach at this point in the corporate world was asking me, why are you doing what you're doing? And I'm like, I don't know, cause I can, she goes, well, when you find your why two things are going to happen, you're going to start crying and it's going to scare the hell out of you. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Look forward to it. <laughs> you're selling it hard. <laughs> I know. Right. All right. So, um, 
here I'm at the computer and I'm looking at the eGala website and I'm getting more excited and um, I was looking through their webpage and I found this tab called military designation. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I clicked on that and I started reading about this program that they have specifically for military utilizing horses for equine assisted psychotherapy. And I kid you not, I mean, I just started bawling. <laughs> and this vague idea of how am I going to bring the horses and the military together went to like laser focus. Um, I got out a piece of paper. I wrote down the name Horses and Heroes. I made a list of, okay, here are the things you have to do. I literally got on LegalZoom and requested the corporate, you know, the corporate name. And really the rest is history. I went to training um, and it, it all just really literally fell into place. Um, and I knew that I had to connect to mental health practitioners. So this is another cool part of the story. Um, at this point I was, um, still working in the corporate world. I had gone to the EGALA training and one of my clients was a psychologist and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this new project and I need to connect with local, you know, mental health people here that, um, would be interested in what I'm doing. So she handed me a piece of paper and it had several names on it and I stuck it in my three ring binder where I was kind of keeping everything and, you know, a few months go by and I had done all the corporate paperwork and I got the corporation name and going through the 501c3 application and, you know, just getting all that kind of back end stuff done sitting on my couch. Here comes that nudge again, like get the piece of paper out. Okay. So I get the piece of paper out and there's five or six names on there and I don't know any of them. So I literally put the, you know, kind of the finger on the paper and it's like, okay, this one typing an email. Hello, my name's Julie Baker and here's what I'm doing. And you know, I got your name from so-and-so and if you're interested, great. If not, pass along my information. I hit the send button and a little while later I get a message back like, OMG, you're not going to believe this. And I'm like, what? And it was from this person I had emailed. Um, as it turned out, when I got that nudging to email that person, that person was actually meeting with their, one of their mentors over coffee. And the mentor was asking this person, um, what do you want to do with your, your mental health career? And she's like, well, I don't know, but it's going to involve horses. But I don't know anybody in Kansas City who is doing equine therapy. So that was the conversation. And they're basically like, hey, let's just, you know, it's out there for the world, whatever. You know, let's just kind of see what happens. And she steps out into the parking lot and ding, her phone dings that there's an email. It was an email from me. So that was another crazy coincidence because this person's our clinical director still to this day. Um <laughs> <laughs> that would be know my if, wife. <laughs> I don't know if I can name names, but yes, yeah, you can Rachel Willoughby Green. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of how these connections have seemed to happen. Um, going back a little bit when I first um, did the 501c, or when I first did the corporate application on LegalZoom, my, my husband was a pilot, and so he was gone for the, that week. And he comes back, and he's like, so what have you been doing? I'm like, 
I started a nonprofit. <laughs> He's Can't like, leave you, you alone for five minutes. I know, right? He's like, you did what? I'm like, uh, I know, right? It's crazy, but you'll have to just trust that the people that that know the things I don't know are going to show up because you know I had had my own businesses at this point for profit, but I had not run a nonprofit before, so that was a little different, but. Um, it's not easy. Every day is a struggle. Every day is hard physically, emotionally. Um, but it's all worth it. I mean, we, none of us, I think on our team have looked back. I mean, it's just been a worthwhile project. Um, so we started everything back in 2014. We saw our first clients in 2015. Uh, last year during COVID, we had 288 sessions so, um, you know, we're on track again this year to probably have over 300 sessions. Um, we are still growing our, our, um, what we're doing in terms of the services that we're offering. So equine assisted psychotherapy is still our, our basis, the fundamental service that we provide. Uh, Rachel and I just got back from Arizona and so we're the only program here in Kansas City. I can say Kansas City, can I? Yeah, okay. sure. <laughs> You've said it like five times already. <laughs> so a little late for me to tell oh, you to not say it sorry. now. <laughs> um, so we're the only program here locally that uh, offers equine-assisted EMDR. So EMDR is an evidence-based practice for the treatment of trauma. And there is a... Um, a type of EMDR that incorporates the horse herd. Um, so now she and I are both certified and she's a practitioner of EMDR in her private practice. And so, um, yeah, we're the only program here in town that offers that combination of equine assisted EMDR. Um, so we're really pushing to, you know, try to encapsulate multiple types of modalities to help people heal from trauma you know, the brain, the emotions, and the body. That's our focus. Hmm. See? Awesome. I said that. <laughs> dare take what he didn't I said. Say that, did he? <laughs> no, I said it first. Oh, this is why you have no friends. <laughs> Moran's my friend. That's why you have he no friends. He tolerates you. Oh, you guys suck. <laughs> I'm just here so I won't get fined. <laughs> Yeah, we need to work on your contract. All right, Marshawn. <laughs> Speaking to the media. Um, so, yeah, obviously I've known about your program for a little bit of time there. Um, I think the work that you guys are doing are great. And then being able to expand, because we've talked about on this uh, podcast multiple times and then even just amongst ourselves about how one treatment isn't going to work for everybody, you know, like what works for him might not work for me, you know, whatever. And right. with you guys branching out and doing, you know, offering different modalities now, I think that's huge. The EMDR so, part was, I was just like, what? Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. It is. It is fascinating how it works. Um, and I'm not the EMDR practitioner, but just to, you know, read about and see um, the process in action, like exactly how it's working and what it's doing for the brain. 
Um, and then to see the horses respond to the people during the EMDR session. Um, I mean, it, it's almost like we had a client last week, um, and it was almost scripted. It worked out so well. It was really just one of those things that was like, really, that that just happened. I mean, the the things that the horses did in response to the person were you couldn't ask for a better session for that for that particular client. So it was really phenomenal. So how does the therapy work with the horses then? I mean, what exactly do you guys do and, and all that? Because we've kind of talked about it, but it's still kind of foggy for me. With the EMDR or just in general? In general. So um, horses by nature are a prey animal. So they're hardwired for survival. They have an enlarged amygdala. So, you know, people with PTS typically have an enlarged amygdala and they're hypervigilant. Horses by nature are that way. Um, so they're constantly scanning their environment for potential threats. They can read anything in their environment to um, determine instantly if it's a threat or not. So, you know, if it, we don't have lions here, but if a lion had just eaten and were to walk by their area, they could even pick up on the fact that that lion was full and it was not looking for food. Um, and vice versa, if the lion's hungry, the intentions are different. And so when our clients come into the space of the horse, the horse can pick up on intentions like instantly. Um, and the horses will react from one client to the next differently. So my job as the equine specialist on the treatment team is to observe the horse behavior and then ask questions about what the horses are doing. Um, because they will, they will act differently from client to client. So, um, if we have a client come in and they're talking about something with the therapist and I'm observing the horses doing something in the arena that might be different or unique, I'm looking for, you know, shifts in their behavior. I'm looking for, you know, if they're, they were standing there and now they're running or walking, I'm like, what just happened? You know, what are they doing? And I'm simply asking questions of the client and letting them bring up their interpretation because their interpretation is typically is what's going on within them. Um, so really my job is a professional observer. Um, I might observe like where the client is standing, um, where the horses might be standing. And if they're talking about a dynamic at home, I can turn to the horses and look and say, look, look, look what the horses are doing as you're talking about your dynamic at home, you know, is that relevant for you? And then we're just kind of bridging the behaviors of the horses to what they're saying and, you know, bringing up other possibilities that maybe they haven't considered, um, possibly bringing up some things that they're unaware of. Um, you know, it could be behaviors, it could be belief systems. I mean, you name it, it can, it goes pretty deep pretty quickly. And everything that you guys do is ground-based. It's ground-based, right. yeah. There's no writing. Um, and we believe the clients have their own answers to their, their whatever they're coming with. Um, so, again, they can ask us a lot of questions, but I don't provide a lot of interpretation. It's just like, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> well, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people, for some reason, are confused about whenever you talk about therapy. It's They almost expect the therapist to fix them. They do, and yeah. It's, no, it's your job to fix yourself, 
Now they can shine a light or point you in a direction or, you know, but, but it boils down to, you need to own your own shit and figure this shit out. Right. And the so, horses are really good at, at bringing up owning your own shit. I mean, they will do things and you know, it, it's pretty obvious that there's some sort of behavior parallel that might be happening. Um, and the horses will play it out and really just point at the horses and say, what are they doing? Well, that's just like, you know, me and my, me and my wife or me and my dad or whatever their relationship struggle is. It, it shows up within minutes. What, a in regards to you dealing specifically with military and first responders, how would your program differ if it were normal civilians? Um, it doesn't differ in terms of the programming. Um, we are offering no, we're offering no cost counseling. So they get eight sessions for no cost. So that's the difference. You don't have to pay for it. Um, we're funded through the federal adaptive sports grant, the ASG grant. Um, however, that grant I think has exhausted their 2021 funding. Um, so we do have an internal fund that we tap into to offer that same no cost eight sessions. Um, for other populations, and they have to pay for it. Yeah. Is that something that you usually see insurance reimburse, or, or is it sometimes, just a pocket thing? Sometimes we can um, offer them a, a, I can't remember the name of it. There's some bill that you can give the client, and then they can, you know, give that to their insurance company for reimbursement. Gotcha. There's hmm. so much into this that I just, like, never even... <laughs> New. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and we don't talk a lot about this because it, it gets scientific, but um, when we first started talking about equine therapy, the general consensus was, oh, we love petting horses, or, you know, you guys are just playing with the ponies. I mean, there was, there was a lot of skepticism there. There's just a lack of understanding of the science behind it. Um, and it's it's really interesting in that, Horses are a lot different than dogs. We get that question quite a bit. Well, I have my dog. It's the same thing. Well, it's really not the same thing because horses are prey animals. So, um, Can I fit my therapy horse on this flight? <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend that, though. <laughs> they still poop. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the, the prey aspect is, is big because a herd of horses are going to just respond differently than a pack of dogs will. Um, the other interesting side note there scientifically is, well, the PTS brain, like I mentioned, the amygdala. Um, so there seems to be some sort of understanding, kind of an unspoken connection that happens, um, particularly with the horses that we rescue from the kill pen. So um, the kill pen horses are, are unique in that they're, they're, sh- they're usually bought at auction. They're shipped to kind of a holding facility. And then that holding facility crams them onto a big semi-truck and they drive them down to Mexico or Canada where they're destroyed and used for meat. Um, and so the, the kill pen is kind of their last option to be rescued. Um, our last rescue was a six-month-old little girl horse. And I don't know how she ended up at the kill pen, but she was underweight. And so malnourished, she was sick. Um, and we rescued her. I paid a hundred dollars for, her. 
and um, she had to go to quarantine for 60 days. And then when she was considered, you know, healthy enough to come home, we brought her home. And what I didn't expect was, you know, some of our really hard police officers really bonded with her, you know, because her story of being discarded and they felt discarded, you know, maybe they had a, uh, a medical discharge, you know, from their duty and they felt thrown away and they're like, they really bonded with this little horse. And so, um, that's kind of a side note, but that, that element kind of took us by surprise that level of connection between, uh, our clients and those kill pen horses. But, um, what I started to say was the, other scientific part of it, and this has been studied quite a bit, is um, horses calm our nervous system, and how that happens is their their heart is a big magnetic organ, basically, and emits a magnetic field, and they've measured it about ten feet out, and so um, through scientific study, they they measured the the person and the horse simultaneously. They had sensors on both and they did like pre and post testing of, um, saliva, which kind of indicates the, the pre cortisol stress hormone. Um, and they measured their, their heart variance. So their stress that their body was indicating, and they determined that, um, a person could approach a horse and within 30 seconds, their stress indicators would drop and their immune system would respond and their heart rate and nervous system calmed. And they're like, well, why is that? And they, they were able to identify it back to the, the heart because it's a magnetic structure and it basically kind of takes over our nervous system and calms our nervous system. So scientifically, we know that when a client even approaches a horse and is in that magnetic field, that they're having a physiological benefit to it. We don't talk about that because it, it gets kind of woo-woo for some people. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was actually just thinking about that. I was going to bring it up. Not the, not the woo-woo part, but about the magnetic field and the thing because I remember wanting to know more about that because I think Rachel and I have talked about it before, and I'm mm -hmm. sure I've heard you talk about it before. But, mm -hmm. yeah, and, you know, like you said, it's different than dogs. It is different than dogs. Dogs are great. I love dogs. It's, um, it's a different benefit. Um, obviously we know that we see physical changes in the human brain after, um, traumatic events. Do we see the same physiological change in horses brains? Are they similar? No horses can discharge their stress, um, pretty much immediately. And that's one of the great teaching tools we use. Um, we can watch a herd of horses react to something in the environment um, so they'll either, you know, um, get startled and, and face the perceived danger or they'll get started on the, they'll start running, but typically, um, they'll run, they'll check in with each other. Like, why are we running? Is it, is it over? Um, and they'll stop. Just keep running. <laughs> no, <laughs> they'll stop and they'll all turn and face the th perceived threat. And then if they determine as a group that it's not a threat any longer, you can watch them all discharge that cortisol. They will either shake their body or they'll lick and chew or some will get on the ground and roll around the ground. And what they're doing is they're normalizing their nervous system. 
and they're discharging that cortisol. So it's really great when we have a group out there and that happens because we can have the group observe, like, look, this is what happened. They just, you know, their sympathetic nervous system just got fired and they're startled. They're going to check in as a community. They're going to be like, oh yeah, we're good. And they're going to discharge and go back to what they're doing. They don't carry their stress around. And that's something that, and I thought dolphins were smart. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) That's something that we've talked about. The the common misconception that PTS is like this weird, only some people get it type thing. Everybody gets it. Mm -hmm. It just, it's all in how you deal with it. And a lot, most people deal with it without even knowing it's whenever it becomes PTSD that it becomes a problem. Right. So, yeah. And I, I don't know that anybody has an answer as to how or why some people actually have PTSD and others don't, you know, they've said resiliency, uh, you know, community support. If you've got, you know, strong camaraderie that you can talk to and just be open about it. But, you know, still some people really get stuck in that, um, intrusive memory pattern and that that's the part that's really dangerous. What looks like a, uh, what would an unsuccessful therapy session look like with a horse? Other than getting like kicked. I mean, what, what are you looking for to say? <laughs> oh God, we're well, seeing, we never had that happen. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We're seeing benefit versus we're not seeing benefit. Like what, what are you looking for to gauge it as successful? The first thing that comes to mind is um, if the person's not engaged in their own healing, if they're not trying to get anything out of it, they probably won't. So if they're just showing up and they're just standing there with their arms crossed and they're not trying to do anything, they're not engaging with the horses, they're not engaged with their own, you know, what's going on with your body. I mean, if they're just completely disassociated with everything that's going on, I would say that would be probably a bad session. That seems to be a common theme coming up today. Oh, really? Different conversations that we've talked about of being... Like you're never going to heal mentally if you are not committed to healing mentally. And yeah, I think we talked about that ad nauseum. Yeah. But I mean, it's got, true. I mean, change. sometimes it, you just need a mm-hmm. horse calling you out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but it, you know, it kind of bears repeating of, you know, you can do whatever, but if you're not committed to healing and it goes the same with addiction or everything else. You can go through all the rehab you want. You can see all the therapists you want, but if you're not doing the work, you're not going to get any better. You're just going through the motions. That's like taking a whole bunch of steroids, but never going to the gym and lifting a weight. I agree. Yeah, for sure. You're not going to get the, you looking at me for Because I can. Yeah. That didn't do with what Jeremy was saying. I just want to look at you. Okay. He's over here texting me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's about putting the work in and being committed. And that's the only way that you will ever see results. For any, And that's in yeah. all aspects of your life. So. Yeah. Stretch out. Get out of your comfort zone. Go do a little woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, we, the treatment team, we continue to learn stuff about our, our own shit. You know, every, every session it's like, wow, this came up for me. And that's one thing that we track is we call it the apostrophe S, you know, so our own shit. It's like, um, 
I thought I dealt with that. Okay, I guess I need to work with that <laughs> a little more. That's how it was like when we first started this. I was like, oh, I'm in my feels. Oh, dude. It, it was rough. Yeah. When we, our first few episodes. Those here. first couple of, yeah. And Rachel even said something about that because you were having an issue, you and I was, and it was like, yeah, we need to. <laughs> Raise your hand if you slept like shit last night. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, several years ago, I, I noticed something about myself when I would go out to the farm, and we usually have to move horses from like one space to another for clients to, to come and have sessions. And so, you know, there would be some days where I'm opening the gates, I'm trying to get horses to go through, and I'm trying to get them to go up this one way, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm like, you know, starting to raise my voice and the horses are running like 10 different directions. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And probably, I'm like, probably laughing at you as smart as I've learned. You know? <laughs> and then I'm stopped. I'm like, wait a minute, check in with yourself. What are you doing? It's like, I'm running around crazy, like a mad woman yelling at these animals. I'm like, of course they're going to run 10 different directions. Yeah. Who wouldn't, you know, it's like, <laughs> this, this the lady heck? needs the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So we actually integrated that into one of our sessions. It was like, you know, the herd, the herd session is like, get these horses to move from here to there. And you'd be surprised what comes up. So for me, I was like, okay, when I'm moving horses now, I, you know, take a big breath, calm myself. I have to just be real chill. Come on guys, let's go. And when I do that, they just like head to tail, follow up, huh. move in a line. You don't have to run around and be an idiot like I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> what has what has this done for you? What has it done for me? What hasn't it done for me? Um, I I really do feel like I'm a different person than I was from 2014. Um, my inner, you know, I'm just. I am completely at ease with what I do. Um, back in 2014 and even before that, it was it was a pretty hard time for me personally. So, um, you know, I had somebody in our family commit suicide. You know, my husband and I were having issues and it, there were some serious, serious struggles going on. And so... Um, I feel like when I started doing this type of work and really getting to know myself and what am, what am I thinking, what am I feeling right now, what am I believing about myself in this situation, um, that's when things really started to turn around. And I think it was through just the act of observing the horses and um, being more aware of myself, um, things shifted. You know, my, my relationship with my husband got better. Um, you know, my career now that I'm doing this pretty much full time, um, still selling real estate though. Um, (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, hold on. Is there something I need to know? (laughs) No, I, I'm just a different person right now. I don't know if I can explain it any better than that. I love it. Changing your yeah. changing your your perspective goes a long way though too. Yeah, you, the way yeah. you change everything, and you're doing something that makes you happy, which changes uh, the way you see things. Yeah, yeah. Just, and then the fact that you're constantly checking in with yourself—that's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, that is huge, and that's something that personally myself—that's what 
I do. And it helps a lot is, okay, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Or, you know, it's what's usually going I on? I throw the tool when I start like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I start throwing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you went too far. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I start checking it. That's, that is too far. You should be throwing hmm. tools, man. I don't like old ones. I don't, I don't the, 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 new, the new good ones, I don't throw the yeah. It's the old You're crappy like, ones. Wait a minute. <laughs> nope, nope, that's a good one. That's a good one. You find the bad one. Yep. Here's but, my throwing tool. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I usually feel better, too. I'm like, ah, I feel better. Why'd you do that? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what gets me. <laughs> oh, so how do you guys find your clients? I mean, are people referred to you, or is it something that people can sign up for? So the majority of our clients find us, um, you know, our website is a good, useful tool. We get a lot of inquiries on the website. Um, that's probably, you know, the majority of how people find us. Um, you know, our team, we do go out and we do talk a lot to other groups and we do a lot of networking. So I feel like that has helped with, you know, securing clients, but, you know, as you know, you know, the military first responder population is kind of a tough crowd. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I hadn't noticed. The hell you say. Getting y'all to show we up don't have sometimes problems. is hard. <laughs> we all have problems. <laughs> no, not us. Not We're us. the people who help the people with yeah, problems. True. We're fine. True. Yeah. I can stop drinking anytime I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, really word of mouth, but the majority of it's probably online. Facebook website. What is your website? It is www.horsesandheroes.org. All spelled out. Yeah. And if, we'll put that in the description yeah. and all of that. If, what, uh, what's your Facebook page? Um, <laughs> horses and, I think it's the and sign, Heroes, Casey. I got to remember how to do this on the, <laughs> on the, uh, you hit the symbol, then you hit the symbol button again. <laughs> for the, uh, podcast Facebook page oh I remember how I did it last time words are hard he's, he's yeah isn't this your job no I was technology I was no I I told you I even I even I even hired my own replacement <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Julie if for the people that are listening you know first responders if they were considering this what you know what would make them a good fit like you know what would you say to someone that is questioning whether this something that could work for them what would you say to them um so it's not like traditional counseling so um i mean i didn't like go to counseling when my husband and i were going i hated it so from personal experience you know going from um sitting in a room just giving answers to things and being in your head is different than being outside and interactive with the horses because Things come up more organically. Um, it doesn't feel like therapy. I mean, you're outside and you're not facing a bunch of people just asking you questions. Um, I purposefully will position my body typically facing away from the person so they don't feel like they're talking to me. I'm usually more facing the horses. Um, so for first responders, I think a key component is that it's confidential. So I don't know if things have changed, but through conversations I've had with um, some officers in the past, when they have a bad call, 
and they go to their internal people to talk about their bad call, you know, the HR record opens up, entries get made. Um, and then when they have an opportunity for a promotion, that same HR folder gets opened up and they can determine if they're fit for duty or not. Um, I've talked to numerous people that were, you know, medically released because they were considered not fit for duty. And I think that's really sad. And so, you know, these officers are forced to go talk to people. They're forced to lie to them about really what's going on. Um, and so Horses and Heroes offers really a confidential means for them to go be just completely open and honest about what's going on. It doesn't go in their HR file. Um, we don't bill in insurance, so it's completely confidential. So if anybody's really concerned about that component, then it would be a good fit for them. Awesome. That is awesome. That yeah. is, it's a big concern, I think, for anybody and even like law enforcement, of course, but even in our field. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that even goes back to an episode we talked about prior, like when just a moment, I don't want to say moment of weakness, but how it has further impacts later down the road, you know, whether it be taking your guns away, locking you up or taking away promotional opportunities, career opportunities just due to, yeah, you know, a time you needed help. Yeah. Right. And well, we all, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, and You're we all guest. respond differently under pressure. I mean, so yeah, I don't think anybody should have their, their weapon removed or their badge removed because they responded in a certain way, or maybe their, their phys, the physiology or their body did something that they are ashamed of or, um, you and know, the, they kept replaying it over and over or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and then not, they're like, well, I'm not fit for this job, you know, cause I pissed on myself or whatever, you know, yeah. happened. I don't know. Um, you know, that, that shame part needs to be taken out and it needs to be, I think, retrained to our bodies are going to do certain things when we're fight or flight, because, uh, that's what our body does to prepare us to either run or fight. I mean, you know, our intestines will dump because it's lightening the load and, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, stuff happens. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's unfortunately it, it, it is getting better. Um, I will say, but there's still that stigma out there with military first responders, law enforcement that, you know, Oh, you're having an issue. This ain't the job for you, you know, and that's still out there. Like I said, it's getting better. And the more people that talk about it and try to remove that stigma, the better that it's going to be. And then also I know from talking with, you know, law enforcement officers that we know that, you know, they're making changes as well, but there is still for them, the implications are heavier than it would be for us. Um, cause they could lose their job, you know, like you were talking about and that needs to change as well because you don't want people out there who are jacked up enforcing the law, but then you won't take care of your people to keep them from getting jacked up. I mean, it, it, it don't make no sense. It doesn't make sense. It's like wiping so, before you poop. Yeah. So, well, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, you're all are 
creating an avenue for people to talk openly about it. I mean, you know. Can we get one of your horses on the episode to interview? I'll bring Henry in here. Okay. He'll Let's, he'll eat everything off your table, though, so you'll have fine. to. Yeah. Nelson will just. My wife will kill us. all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we will do that before we move to the new studio. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a new studio thing. Maybe an outdoor episode. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you guys can come to the farm and do it there, and then we'll bring Henry in. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah. Kind of see would, it in action too. I would totally that'd be, that'd set be up neat. shop in the middle of a pen. I totally would. Yeah, we'd have to figure out the sound thing. Yeah. Wind, I think, would play hell with these microphones. Oh, good point, dude. It's so cool. It would be. <laughs> we could just film it on a GoPro, I guess. Oh yeah, wouldn't hurt. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Let's do it, Dibs. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to watch your therapy session <laughs> and take notes. It's going great, guys. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> the horse runs away from him. <laughs> I just want to love you. Come back. <laughs> it's uh, running away from me like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> What's the common denominator? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. I never would have thought about horses like that. No, I I had no. I mean, no. I knew horses were cool, but I didn't know horses were badass. Well, you know, whenever Rachel came home and she was telling me, "Hey, I met this cool lady and she, this and it's horses and therapy and all," and I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Oh, that sounds really cool." I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I how does that work again? Well, no, but it's this thing and it doesn't. Like, okay, I mean, you know. Went back it to works. your Netflix documentary. Probably. Yeah. Or back to video games. <laughs> back to working on patches. <laughs> this is pre patches. Been a couple episodes ahead. <laughs> yeah. Where's your Jeep at? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I could tell like she was so passionate about it. And, you know, she's really, really smart and really, really good at her job. Like, all right, you go. Just do your thing. If it works, it works. So, Well, I'll share with you a story. It didn't happen at our farm, but this is an example of shit that horses do that you just can't predict. Um, so there was a, this again, this didn't happen at our farm, but it was, I think, in <laughs> Illinois. I can't stress that <laughs> enough. I can't stress that enough. Did not happen <laughs> anywhere near my vicinity. <laughs> my insurance agent is listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad, but it's pretty cool. So um, there was a young girl in high school, and she was having a lot of trouble in school, and the counselor couldn't get her to open up, and they were really kind of at a, a standstill with her. And so, you know, she recommended to the family to go to family therapy, and the dad was like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. So she's like, well, how about equine therapy? And he's like, well, you know, that sounds okay. So, um, the whole family was scheduled to go to the farm for equine therapy. And so they show up, you know, in their Lexus, they get out, they have designer clothes on patent leather shoes. Every hair is just so, and I know where this is going. (laughs) The treatment team is kind of like looking at each other like, okay, this is different. You know, typically people show up in their jeans and, Mm -hmm. you know, boots or tennis shoes. And so, um, they go through their session and typically a session is about an hour and we're in an arena kind of environment and the horses are just loose. And so they can choose to be wherever they want to be. And so at the end of the session, the, the people kind of circle up 
and they're talking about things that happened in the session. And this little miniature horse named Twister comes from across the arena, cuts through the circle, backs up to the dad and shits all over his shoes. <laughs> and he's got Pat and the shoes on. Awesome. And the dad stands there and totally ignores the fact that he has horse shit on his shoes. <laughs> and the family, the mom and the daughter are like, you know, looking away like, um, I'm not even going to acknowledge the fact that he has shit on his shoes. We're just going to pretend it's not there. And so, you know, the treatment team, their eyes are kind of big and they're like, well, that was unique. You know, that's one of the things that we look for stuff that happens. It's like, well, that's never happened before. So next week family shows up pretty much the same scenario. They go through their session and they're at the end of their session. And here comes Twister again. Same thing, backs up to the dad, lifts his tail, <laughs> all over his shoes. <laughs> and now the treatment team is like, what is going on? I don't get it. And so um, the rule of thumb is it has to happen three times before we'll bring it up to the client and ask the client what's going on. So week three, family comes. Sure as shit, here comes Twister. Are they still wearing the designer shoes? Probably. I don't know that for a fact. Remember, it didn't happen at her farm. <laughs> so, That's a question I would have asked, though. I'll be honest. I want to know. Did they learn the lesson the first time? I don't know. <laughs> so this guy ends up with shit on his shoes for three weeks in a row, and the treatment team is like, okay. Um, so we've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> this, is how we, this is how we have to talk at this session. We so have to, it's so called, we've seen some things. <laughs> it's called clean language. Okay. So we, we can't just come right out and say, you've got shit on your shoes. It's like, so I've noticed that for three weeks now, one of us has ended up with something on our shoes. <laughs> okay. He's got the poo on it. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> As soon as the equine specialist said that, the the daughter, kind of under her breath, says, it's because he's full of shit. And the counselor didn't hear it. So she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can you say that louder? And the girl says, it's because he's full of shit. And when she said that, the mom backhands her across the face and tells her to shut the fuck up. And when that happened, a big horse stepped in between mom and daughter and uh, came out right then and there that the, the dad was sexually molesting the daughter and the mom was covering. And so oh, shit. Um, wow. he was arrested on the spot. And that's just one of the, I mean, that's, that's kind of extreme. Things don't happen like that all the time, obviously. Um, but for Twister to know to come shit on his shoes, that, that was the one thing to get um, that girl's secret out in the open. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And not that they're going to know your deep down secrets. It's just, you know, it's not like that. But, you know, that that girl needed to have a voice. Okay. She didn't have a voice. And that little horse was her voice that day. I mean, good for the horse. Big horse kicked mom in dead. Leave it to I, that, that, leave that, it to that, Twister to throw a twist in that story. <laughs> <laughs> that, mm. Sorry, I couldn't uh, help it. I couldn't help it. And you can actually hear that story in YouTube. It's called "Shit on the Shoes," I think. I have to find that story. Yeah, yeah. I, ugh. Like, <laughs> I just, 
That was so cool. <laughs> well, it's a good horse. Yeah. <laughs> Extra meal tonight. That's that's crazy. I don't even know what to say now. Yeah, I, I know you guys were just got really quiet. Yeah, it didn't get. I, that was not the ending that I thought was going to happen. No. I thought it would be something else. I just, but. I just yeah, didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize see, the, yeah. see that part going. I just never realized horses were. I think as intuitive as that they are. I, they obviously aren't stupid animals, but I just I never knew. I never knew. No. Blows my mind. Can we get a horse? Can we get a horse? <laughs> Can we get a horse? I want a horse. I have three horses. Yeah, okay. and we have nine, so you can just come visit. How about that? Okay, deal. They're yeah. expensive. <laughs> you have to really enjoy so picking up poop. Shoveling. Oh yeah, my gosh! No, I don't enjoy yeah. that. Yeah. At all. I think yeah. I have a Popeye arm on my left arm from all the, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well. <laughs> was that a buzzkill? Sorry, guys. It really wasn't. No, <laughs> it wasn't. No, I mean, it's a great, it's a great illustration. I'm just trying to find words. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great illustration of how effective the therapy can be about getting out what needs to get out. Yeah. You yeah. know, and like we, you know, joked about and talked about before of owning your shit, you know, and of horses doing things that kind of will bring that out of people, you know, I don't know. It's definitely a, a therapy modality that I think is underutilized. Um, it still sounds like it's fairly new though. It's been around 22 ish years. Yeah. It's yeah. used all over the world. Um, but I mean, in terms of treatments and though, I don't think somewhat it's new. It's not as readily. Been, well, I would say it's not as readily available. It's definitely not as, as available. I agree with that too. Yeah. Julie, what started it? Who said, Hmm, that horse looks like it can do some shit. Like how did it begin? Uh, the founder of what we do, like how it started, mm-hmm. Egala. Um, so the, the founder, um, Lynn Thomas, she, was a stay-at-home mom of twins. She was a counselor, I believe, already at this point. She was licensed counselor. So I can't imagine this, but she was like, hmm, I think I'll start a nonprofit because staying at home with twins isn't keeping me busy enough. I don't know. So that was back in 1999. And in 2001, <laughs> I know, like, who does that? Um, in like 2001, it. it was already global. So how in the world she went from... I'm starting this association. Did she, did she grow up with horses? Um, I don't think she was a horse person. I think she had some awareness of it, obviously, but I don't, I don't know the background of her, her horse knowledge. Um, I mean, horses have been in, in the earliest days of man. Obviously, oh yeah. They're been, in the Bible all over the yeah. place. Yeah. And it's just, it makes sense that, you know, after about 3,000 years, someone was like, I bet they could do more than bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <I'm> just <laughs> Yeah, how they made that leap from... Oh, that light bulb went off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody had to see something at some point, and I don't know. 
I think it's awesome. Well, stuff like Twister probably happened quite a bit. You okay, know? That could be. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twister now works for the feds. Yeah. <laughs> Horses and arc. <laughs> Twister, we need you to kick this door in real quick. <laughs> yeah. Remember the story. He's a mini. He's not kicking just, too many doors just, in. Now I have this like vision of like Twister with tactical goggles and a vest, <laughs> like storming in with the SWAT team, and it's not going away. Hey, that's a new outfit we can make for Henry. Yeah, Henry is kind of our little mascot. He has all sorts of outfits. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, you do need to get him boots. a tack vest. He, w- yeah. what? One more time. Yeah, he's got time. surf shorts. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's got golf attire with argyle socks, um, Santa Claus, awesome. Bugs, uh, not Bugs Bunny, the Easter Bunny. You know, I mean, he he's ridiculous. He loves wearing outfits and going out to meet people. It really is ridiculous. Yeah. Let's get getting cooler. <laughs> His board shorts really are cute. Get board yeah. shorts. <laughs> You need, you need to get a picture a picture with uh, Henry and Tucker. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Henry or is Henry in on awe. top of Tucker. Henry's in awe of big horses. We mm-hmm. were at an event, a five k event, and the mounted police were there, and there was a big draft cross. Mm-hmm. And if Henry's like jaw could drop, I mean, he was just standing there like. Staring at this horse, like, oh my god, you're so big, and he wouldn't move. I mean, he was just standing there, like, staring at him. It was, it was quite. Those funny. horses are big. Too. They are, yeah. yeah. Like, what lab did you grow that thing in? <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to do some photo ops with with Tucker and Henry. Oh yeah, can we do it today? Let's do it today. Let's go as far today. Come on, come on, come on. let's go. <laughs> well, I will be there shoveling shit later. So I don't want to do all that. <laughs> you got to earn the picture. Yeah. As soon as there's work to be done, Moran's. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're worth the shit as a leader. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did we go back to how I was going to motivate you earlier? Mm-hmm. Is it time for me to do the drill instructor motivation? No, nah, dude. There's a horse with board shorts. I don't give a shit. What you <laughs> oh my goodness! And on that note, <laughs> Julie, thanks for stopping by today. We appreciate it. We think the work that you're doing is so cool. Thank you. Yeah, like you I, said, I, I can't. I, I fully agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. awesome. So everybody, check out Horses and Heroes. Um, have their website. We'll put a link in the description for everything. Um, yeah, you guys are doing great work. Well, so. thanks for having me. This is fun. Do you you guys all a- definitely have to come out and do a... Do you have an indoor pen? Um, not yet. We need one. Just stalls? Some, yes. So we could like set up in the stalls? Yeah, and we have an office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah, they have an office down there. We could yeah. do it there for sure. Deal. So. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go out by holding outfits. You're going to see him in a cowboy hat and some chaps. Yeah. Oh, he, oh yeah. Maybe a duster. Henry yeah. has chaps. I made him chaps. That so is awesome. He's got little leather chaps <laughs> and a cowboy hat. That's awesome. Yeah. It's going to be like 85 yeah. pictures of Moran and Henry on our Facebook yeah. page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a day at Horses and Heroes with the Washdown Podcast. It's going to be a fashion show. <laughs> oh. All you right. guys are welcome anytime. I think it'd be awesome. 
I'd, I'd like to go see it too. I've never, I know Rachel's talked about it a lot and of course Jeremy has too, but yeah, I think like has, hasn't really dug into what you guys do. And it was actually, I mean, not actually, but it was very interesting. Well, thank Something you. I'd never, never would thought of. I forgot everything at horses with board shorts. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks everybody for stopping by. If you are having a problem, there are resources out there. If you know somebody who's having a problem, let them know what those resources are. Um, we'll put linked in the description um, for Julie and Horses and Heroes today. So thanks for stopping by and take care of yourself.